Hey yo, peace y'all, peace y'all. What's going on? This is your boy Ant and this is Keep the Vision. My next conversation is with Joseph Octaviani. Joseph is a thought leader, a healing guide, a speaker, a health revolutionary, and my favorite of all, a plant medicine alchemist. He is an author of several ebooks and the founder of Life the Plant Way, an herbal formula company. He's also the founder of Life and Nature Academy, where he educates everyday people on how to heal themselves. We talk about his journey from homelessness to healing self, healing others, and his company, Life the Plant Way, and so much more. Let's not forget, he's also a fellow Boricua. This brother's story is inspiring. I'm going to just leave it at that. Enjoy the show. Peace. Joseph Octaviani. You what said up, it right. Brother? What up, brother? <laughs> How's it going? You actually said it right. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yo, you already know. Um, so I've been following you for a while now, and like your message is deep, your message is true. Your message is something that, you know, a lot of people need to hear at the end of the mm-hmm. day. And you go by you go by a lot of things. You got a few titles. So I'm a I wrote it down, so I'm going I'm to put it out there. So what you got? You got thought leader. You're a speaker. A healing guy. A health revolutionary. And this is probably my favorite one. Plant medicine alchemist. Mm. Now, what is, what is a plant medicine alchemist? Describe that. I believe we're all alchemists. We all mix and create, right? Um, I just so happen to remember a little bit more, right? Or be more aware of it. And through my usage of plants, through my own personal experience of plants and experiencing what they can do to the body, I've learned which ones, um, pair well with each other essentially and so i'm able to use this this given ability of mine to create and i just do it towards my passion which is the plants now as far as plants and herbs pairing well together so you're saying there's some plants that don't go with each other so if i was to have two different types of herbs or plants that don't mix well it might affect my gut um, it'll affect your body. It'll affect the systems that the plants go after in the first place. It's like people, you know, not all people mix together. Yeah, for sure. Right. There are certain personality traits, you know, if you want to look at it like that, um, just like the herbs have certain personality traits that work well with each other that don't work, work well with each other. Um, you know, one example, if we're talking about the gut is let's say uh, someone has a heated condition of the gut or inflamed condition of the gut. We wouldn't want to introduce a hot herb with another hot herb to go towards the gut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they don't mix well or a hot herb and a cold herb and kind of like cancels each other out. So you what, know? Are, what are two examples? Like what is a hot herb and what is a cold herb? Um, so a hot herb or a warming herb would be something that may bring irritation um, in a good way to stimulate kind of like blood flow. Um, so example, cascada sagrada, or really any uh, laxative. Laxatives irritate the gut. 
That's how they get them to flush out so well. And um, which is not a problem when used properly, but um, without the proper guidance or without any herbs to counteract that irritation that naturally occurs, you can have a problem. So um, in our instance, when we created what we call our gut cleanser formula, we have cascada in there as the main herb, but we also have something like slippery elm, which will soothe any inflammation on that gut lining that may occur from that, you know, first herb. So just knowing the herbs and their personality traits or herbs and their actions or their properties, um, you can then go ahead and use your imagination or get, um, you know, use your ancestors and ancestral knowledge or however you do it to combine and make the most potent medicine. And that's, yeah, what I do in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> definitely, that's definitely a lot to take in, but um, yeah. there's, there's so many herbalists and teachers that you, I know you learned from that you had, you had mentioned, I read your bio and yes, we, I definitely want to get into that, but yes, sir. just, let's just talk about you and, and basically your upbringing and your childhood and what it was like growing up in Tampa, living in Tampa, and basically how you ventured into this life that you're in today. And we could just take little step-by-step timelines to it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy that you're um, bringing this up because one thing I'm actually personally healing, just to be a little vulnerable, the one thing I'm actually personally healing right now is um, sharing my story confidently and and comfortably because it was I was always so I don't know I don't know there's a lot to it but I was always so just hesitant to it you know and reserved um, I was always a reserved yeah Yeah. or like people didn't want to hear that shit just get to the you know just get to the I don't know if you can cuss on here my bad but um, yeah 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 of course okay for sure okay (laughs) you know people just want to get to the meat and bones of things that's what this is my my head right people just want to hear about the herbs and hear how they can fix themselves and get the fuck out of there. Um, but, you know, I hired a coach for that to help me heal a couple internal things. And she realized like, now nah, you're, you're not just here to share herbs. You're not just here to share, you know, life to plan where you're here to share your story and how you got here, you know, because that's how you're going to get people to relate to you because they have similar stories. So they need to figure out how, where you came from, how you got through it and how you got to where you are now. So Thank you for asking me that because um, now more than ever, I'm, I'm excited to, to share my story. Growing up in Tampa, my name is Joseph and I was born at, at St. Joseph's. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> um, growing up in Tampa, I was always, you know, all over the place. So I fall in this weird category where it's like, a hometown, but it doesn't feel like a hometown, even though I grew up there most of my life, just because I was so all over the place. I was never stable. I never had a, never felt like I had a community at all. You know, I was always school to school. Um, so growing up, it was, it was rough being unstable and, and coming from a very toxic household. The father's not there. The father beats on this and that, you know what I mean? And, um, so already coming out the womb, it was just very, very traumatic and lots of, lots of fear. You know, lots of fear, um, fear of speaking, fear of, of a lot, you know. So to be a speaker now, 
um, I guess was in my, was in my path from being suppressed, you know, for so long. Um, schooling, schooling was interesting because I went to about in my total 12 years, I went to about 10 different, 11 different schools, you know, um, and at all of them, I was able to make friends and stuff, but the classes I never learned. I never wanted to learn, I should say, because I had already knew everything was bullshit. Spirit already told me, don't listen, just, just, you know, be a class clown and be, you know, sadly it's things that I was, you know, I got in trouble for and things like that. I was seen as the bad kid and stuff like that, but it's like spirit really don't want me to pay attention, bro. He just wants me to ponder on my own. You know what I mean, and, and do my and do my thing, do my own thing. It's and, like you're um, a different, like a different spirit, like a spirit guiding you into what you're really meant to be. Which doesn't, obviously, the indoctrination with the fucking education system is bullshit. I agree with that 100. percent But I like that how you're saying spirit just guided you in a sense, like, all right, you and I both know schools bullshit, so let's just do this. Yeah. Let's take this route. All right, my uh -huh. bad yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And I had a couple classes that I really enjoyed, but for the most part, um, I already knew it wasn't it. So I spent a lot of my upbringing fighting. I spent a lot of my upbringing um, um, just kind of being away from home as much as I could. Um, I spent a lot of it <clears throat> just, just angry to myself, angry and lonely. And as you get older and you start making your own diet decisions and you start making your own lifestyle decisions, um, having all that fear and that anger in you just leads to self-destruction. You know, now you're able to do something about it. I can actually walk and go take that or go smoke that or go whatever that. Right. And um, so, you know, zero through, through 18, it was all just anger and, and fear and, and, projection onto others and stuff like that um tampa was it was really like a blur to me just because it was so sporadic you know i was always in and out of out of homes um but i was up i was there until about like i would say 15 and then i left to seattle washington that was interesting how was you know, that culture shock culture shock like a bitch bro <laughs> I vowed to never be, never be in that type of situation again. <laughs> uh, but one thing, you know, one thing I learned growing up was how much I loved the land, how much I loved plants. And um, we would go back to Puerto Rico every year um, from Tampa. And my, my, my grandpa, he had a, uh, a farm and he was that type of worker. Like we, I would remember being on his, on his little pickup truck, all the platanos in the back, we would go down the, the mountain in it and sell it at the market. Like it was, I remember that. And I never fully appreciated it until I got older. You know, I used to just consider myself a city kid. Yeah. I'm just trying to do some ghetto shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I would say all the time. Like, yeah. um, but growing up, I, I would be exposed to like, you know, uh, land and, and quiet and peace and, um, I felt like it was really ingrained in my, in my subconscious, even if I didn't appreciate it at the moment. Um, later down the line, it, I knew it was probably going to come back to me just being a he bottle, me just wanting to go back to the mountains and, you know, yeah, do that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now that's the goal, which is a, a trip, a trip. 
be on the but, mountains, uh, living off the land. Yeah, man. But, it's crazy how we all we all secretly want that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Why not? You know what I'm saying? That's right. something that I want. I'm I'm a city boy too. I'm from New York, grew up in the city, moved a bunch of times just like you. Went to a bunch of high schools, elementary schools, maybe about eight in total, just like you. But why did you move so much? Um, evicted, you know. The um the uh how do I say this? The father that I was chosen with. You know, sadly, he was in a part of his healing where um, he was still, he still had a lot of reoccurring traumas. You know, I'll say it, I'll say it in that in that light um, that he just did not know how to handle, and um, that led to a lot of quitting, firing, this, that, and the third trouble, boom, 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 and um, so I was just picked up and dragged all over the place, right? And uh, it wasn't until I was about 16 when I started noticing that I had a problem. You know, I had a problem with my gut. I had a problem with my liver. I had a problem with my anger. I started start going downhill. You know, these types of things. They start happening around 16, but I ignore them all the way until I'm like 18 to where they're really in my face. You know, where I can't really ignore it anymore. Um, still, I put it off. I was a little bit more aware of it but I put it off until I was at least, I'm 27 turning 28 now. And it was when I was 19, 19, 20, when things started just really going downhill. I suffered impotence at a very young age. You know, yeah, at a very young age. That's, you know, the things that we used to think was like old people problems. I was experiencing them when I was a teenager. And now, and um, yeah, bro. And uh, my the, the biggest thing for me was I had a cyst in my groin. That was the biggest one for me that, that caused me every single day pain. You know, it was in my groin right next to my manhood, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So it was very emasculating for me. It's very, I mean, it led to a lot of, a lot of depressive thoughts, a lot of, you know what I mean? And um, that was the one that forced me into having a whole lifestyle change because it sent me to the hospital. So I was kind of forced that way. And that's when I started learning about these different teachers and stuff like that, um, because I was just desperate. You know? yeah. yeah, for sure. And you definitely, I, I, I read your, your bio and about your hospitalization and all that. But um, real quick, let's just go back a minute. Like your father's trauma, right, mm. was obviously affecting you you know you are, are you a believer in like generational trauma how it just goes down from generation to generation and it, it just keeps affecting someone until they finally break that cycle you feel like you yeah. were a victim of that if you For were sure. aware at all <clears throat> oh yeah i mean <clears throat> it took me it took me to around 2021 to when i was actually aware of what trauma was and like how could it affect us and um how we see the world through that way respond to the world through that way you know so for him just like me he had a lot of anger in his system from what just look back at the past 10 12 15 generations um of puerto ricans you know it's just i mean really any indigenous right yeah. it's just all just loads and loads of trauma of abuse and and belittlement and 
yep. torture and all types of bad shit you can possibly think of. Um, so it took me a while to, to understand that. But as a kid, I definitely, I mean, out the womb, I was probably swinging out the womb. I'd already had that anger within me, you know? So, um, yeah, it gets passed down. People don't realize this. And that's why I always tell people to heal before heal your body, heal your mind, heal your spirit as much as you possibly can before having kids, because that emotional state, that mental state, that physical state that you are in right now, once you have that baby, that's what it's going to be imprinted into the baby. And so for me, he brought down a lot of, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of, a lot of traits, a lot, <laughs> a lot of different traits that I had to work through. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely passed on to me at a, you know, since, since before I was even born for sure. And do you think a lot of your gut issues and your cysts, like a lot of that could have been all that energy you were harboring and holding in? that also affects the gut as well and could make you sick, like give you a cyst or just, you know what I'm saying? So when you, what was the, I know you got into the herbs, but what was the, the point where you just eventually, if you already did let that go, like harbored all that, all those feelings in what point did you decide (laughs) to just let that go? That was over the, that was over a course of, years and i'm still i'm still forgiving myself for things that i did to myself when i was younger because i didn't know or things that i did to other people or things that other people i allowed other people to do to me based off all those fears and traumas that i had so it was over the course of years um and that really came through just talking about it enlightening yourself about it finding people who suffered through the same thing and, and overcame it and learning how they did that and then applying that knowledge that they gave you. So for me, um, one of them was anger at the world, at other people, at other men. Cause I, I just didn't, you know, they're all picturing them all like my dad. They're all angry. They're all sleazy. They're all this, that, and the third. So subconsciously I'm just looking at men sideways automatically right because of what was instilled in me what my example was so it took years of just communicating with with especially different men and and realizing that there are good men out there you know what i mean trustworthy men out there um and communicating with really just anybody about why i was so angry what i was so angry about what i was angry about that happened to me and another one was sex addiction. That was a huge one. Huge, 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 huge one. Because a lot, of, especially in the Caribbean, a lot of the Caribbean cultures are hypersexual, overly sexual. And that's coming from loads of loads of trauma. That's that's a super deep generational trauma of, in my opinion, it's it's two things, two main things at least. One of them is to numb the pain of, of what we were going through. Sex is the, is the highest form of ecstasy. That orgasm is the highest form of ecstasy that you can possibly get on this planet. Okay. And two, um, it's almost like a, a forcibly forcing us to, to hyperpopulate because of how much genocide was brought onto us. Right. So if we don't face that, which we never had time to, like you said, it's going to keep going down and down and down and keep getting buried it's going to be even harder to resurface 
So it took me 20, 21 years, 22 years to finally feel like, oh man, I, I've overcome enough to where I'm in control of my life. I'm in control of my health. So it was, it was a course of a lot, a lot of years. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for people to really grasp what they're going through and to talk about mm. it and to, to take control of their lives because not many people do. Do you think Especially people, if they don't have any examples. Exactly. You know, I didn't have no examples. I just, the only people around me, that's why I had to be the trailblazer and maybe get hit with the worst blows, but I'm coming out higher than high, I'm high, you know, on top. And uh, a lot of people just don't have those examples. And growing up, I never was on social media. That wasn't, I'm a 95, I'm, I was born in 95. So I'm in that era where I'm like, it was I'm not like using really just, technology yeah. like that. I'm yeah. barely using it, but it's not like what it is. And so I had no example. I had no role models. You know what I mean? I'm just going through all the punches by myself. And so a lot of men can give up on that real easy. A lot of people oh. in general give up on that real easy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's easy for people to break. You know what I'm saying? And when you're a man, you're trying to have that tough exterior and you're trying to put up this facade. And until eventually you just break, you break down. And I think we all need that where we had hit that breaking point because that's when we come to some sort of realization that we need to cope with what we're going through, face it instead of running from it and just let go of all that uh, past trauma that we've been to, been through. Do you think, do you think um, like the inner city, kids having, kids having kids, multiple kids, you think that that stems from obviously generational trauma as well? Because you said sex oh, yeah. and all that, yeah. Oh yeah, that sex addiction, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the inner city is, it's, it's a complex situation because Man, the inner city is the most controlled. The inner city is the most yeah. oppressed. Fortunately, yeah. The inner city is, is and, and many of them don't even realize it. Everything you hear, everything you see around you, every condition that you're in is by design. Oh, yeah. Deep, deep design. And so for inner city kids, um, I feel like back then it was a lot easier um, or a lot more normalized to have kids at a younger age and to have big families like that. Like my mom is like 14 kids and you know what I mean? All that type of stuff. Like that's my mom <laughs> and she has like five kids. And But nowadays it's not really that, you know, that uh, celebrated, that normalized to have hella kids and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, one, that, that ecstasy part. You know, the ecstasy. I'm I'm in so much pain in my life that I don't want to face it. So what's the easiest thing to run to? You got to sedate yourself with something. And, Boom. you know, like you said, that's the highest. I, um, talking about you, I know you said that's something that you struggle with. You struggled mm -hmm. with in the past. Um, I still kind of sense that you're kind of holding back a little bit. For sure. You know? Um, let loose. You don't got to hold nothing back. Um, talk about what you feel comfortable about. Talk about whatever you feel comfortable about, comfortable about talking mm -hmm. about. And, but I just wanted to let you know that I know, I want to know the person behind mm -hmm. the, the, 
the person behind this enterprise that you're starting, that you've started, you know, your herbal company, uh, Life the Plant Way. And I definitely want to get into that. So let's go back to your hospitalization. Mm. So talk to me about that. So you ended you know, up in the hospital. Man, the way I ended up in the hospital was a trip. I had ignored my, my pain for so long. The way that I got the cyst was the craziest. <laughs> Some people look at me crazy when I tell them because they don't really believe it. My body was in so much pain. My body was in such a weakened state that anything, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I was in my, it was in my 18th birthday and we had said a joke. I smoked weed for the first time ever. I celebrated by graduate. I was like, listen, guy, I'm never, I'm staying sober until we graduate. Then we can, you know, do some yeah. shit. So I laughed so hard that I felt a tear in my groin. Shit you not, bro. Wow. I laughed so hard. There was so much pressure built up in my body from laughing. Um, yeah, that I felt a tear. And I was like, oh, that, was, that felt kind of weird. And then you feel something kind of like coming out. I'm like, oh, it's a hernia. I'm Googling shit. Like, what is that? Oh, it's a hernia. Do I, am I going to die or do I need surgery or something? No, nah, you can live with it for a little bit, but eventually, oh, God, say no more. I'm 18. I ain't got to worry about it. I'm living. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got money for no surgery. I'm out. All right, I'm cool. I'm just going to live with it. Right. And um, really? so it took me about three or three, about two or three years of living through that pain three. and discomfort. Wow. Yeah, because it would go away sometimes. So I would justify it. Oh, it's going away. You know, whenever it comes back, I'll just try to like, I don't know, soothe it somehow. Oh God. And so um, it got to the point where I was visiting family in a whole different city, mind you. I was living in Long Beach at the time. I went from being homeless on the couch, getting kicked out, to now moving to Long Beach from Seattle. That's, that's a whole... That's a so, whole... so you moved to Seattle... Yeah. I mean, you moved to Long Beach by yourself as an adult. You were home As an adult, yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. So when I was 17, I moved out of Florida. Got to my mom. I'm going back to Seattle. I'm going there to graduate. You know, I'm going by myself. Got you, got you. Did that for a couple of years, and that's where it happened. And um, it got to a point where after I graduated, I was just, you know, hopeless. I was just, you know, just, just you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just a couch surfer. And sometimes I'll sleep in my car. Sometimes I'll sleep in my park uh, or at the park. I'm just doing anything I could just to get by because I was too embarrassed to ask for help. Yeah, you know? That's, that's that machismo shit. That machismo, right yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the machismo <laughs> shit for real, bro. I ain't asking for help. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to struggle. Even though it took years, couch to couch, getting kicked out from that, those couches. And um, it got to a point where I had nowhere else to go in Washington, which is cool because I hated that place anyways. And so I had met a girl in Long Beach, my now wife, mother of my two kids. You know, I had met a girl before I got to move there on vacation and um, ended up striking something up to where there was a room in the garage on the couch. Oh, she say no more. I'm kicked out. Can I All right, I can come for sure and so uh we ended up visiting my mom in san diego she had moved out here and uh, while we were over there we were at the mall and i'm like damn i don't feel good i feel pale in the face i'm sweating i was like i'm just gonna go back to the car y'all can just keep shopping and i just started screaming in pain in the car i don't know what it was 
I'm damn near passing out in the car, just screaming. And my wife, she's um, the queen's intuitive, very intuitive. She so knew. she just kind of already got a feeling like, hold on, I'm gonna go check on this man because he didn't look right. There you go. She found me crying and screaming in the car, you know. So we race to the hospital, and we get to the ER, and I basically just pass out in the fucking. I pass out in the uh, in the ER. Wow. Yeah. So they put me on a little wheelchair, and and they put me in this little emergency room type thing, like curtains where they have like curtains, and they split, you know, that they split between people while they wait for the big rooms type shit. And um, I'm just screaming for pain meds. Mind you, I never took a med in my life. Not an aspirin, not a Tylenol, not nothing. And uh, I was always against them. But I was screaming for pain meds or morphine or whatever the fuck. And uh, I'll never forget because a lot of my life, I, I, see, I see signals all the time. Do I listen to them? Not always. Um, but this one was loud and clear. And this one was an elderly couple beside us. Me and my wife, just I'm just crying. We're crying in pain. And um, the doctor comes into his room and tells him, sorry, sir, but you got cancer. Right? And no, not knowing anything back then, we know just cancer as you dead, basically. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. And... Sure. Um, Right. So we're just sitting there and the, the wife let out this scream that still gives me goosebumps when I think about it. It's almost like that fake movie scream that it was so loud and so gut wrenching. And we're just sitting there crying. I'm kind of just I'm a very visual person. So I'm just thinking like, oh, I'm about to die. That was the only thing that popped up into my head. Like, oh, these doctors coming in. We don't know if it's cancer. We don't know if it's a tumor. We don't know if it's this and that. Right. Send your mind crazy. Send your blood pressure up. And uh, that was that moment I'm like, I, I'm not, no, there's no way. There's no way. I can't go out like this. I'm fucking 22 years old, 21 years old. I'm like, I can't go out like this. So I'm in the hospital bed and I'm just looking up anything desperately, um, natural, whatever, anything. And um, Dr. Sabi pops up. And for some reason, I had this really warm feeling about this you know, elderly, beautiful black man. I'm like, this This guy gives me a great feeling. I ain't going to check his credentials. I ain't going to check none of this, whatever the fuck. I just, he just feels, feels good. And, um, you know, from there, that's when I started just, I spent at least two and a half weeks, three weeks in that hospital. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And because um, they didn't know what was wrong with me. But let me ask you though, so it wasn't, it wasn't a hernia? So it was a hernia, but the cyst had came out of the hernia. Oh. A cyst had grew so big, it was the size of a water bottle. Wow. Yeah. And so it came out of the hernia, and that's why there was a big bulge next to my manhood. And I would ignore it all the time, kind of like push it back in the hernia. Hmm. Yeah. When I was a kid, just push that shit back. Just keep it moving. Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. Man, you know, so it's like, but you know, where I was, mind you, I had moved out when I was 17. I ain't got no health insurance. I don't, I don't got no type of insurance. I already don't like hospitals, right. never liked them. So it's like, you're either going to thug it out or it's going to kill you. That's basically my, that was my thinking back then. And um, a lot of it was, you know, uh, me being hesitant on taking accountability, looking at my life and really 
examining my life, like, hold on, what really led to this assist? Like you said, the emotions and the trauma and this and that, what really led to that? I didn't want to think about that. You know, that was too deep for me. So I'm just going to push it and keep it thugging. <laughs> a lot of repressed memories, you know what I'm saying? A lot of repressed, yeah. um, a lot of repressed traumatic <clears throat> experiences that happened to me, you know, in my childhood. So it was a lot, bro. So, so you, so you obviously came to the realization that it's deeper than just the cyst, right? Just the hernia, just deeper than the hernia, right? Dr. Sabi said acid gut equals acid mind. Indeed. When he said that, that's when it all clicked. Ah, that's why I'm so angry and this and that. Ah, that makes so much sense. A lot of people don't know that, man. Especially the older, older generation where they're so stuck in their ways, they refuse to realize that. But, all right, so they never figured out what it was. You ended up eventually healing yourself. There was nothing. At the very end, at the very end, what they did was, um, I, through all these tests and stuff, and mind you, in the first three days of having that room, I had found Dr. Sebi. Gotcha. So I was watching him nonstop, anything I could find. And um, instantly I started changing what I was eating. Because I only had a, they came by with a menu. They're like, what did you want? For some reason, my body craved watermelon <laughs> and grapes. That's all it craved. And I already loved fruit as a child. So it's not like I was you know, hesitant to it, or I love that. It was like candy to me. Yeah. So oh, breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner, fruit. I'm eating fruits. They would laugh at me sometimes like, oh, Joseph, you're so funny. You want your fruit today? I'm like, yeah, that's all I'm eating. And uh, so that in combination, they did surgery on me hmm. and found out it was a cyst and it was a fucking water bottle sized cyst. And they patched me up with some toxic ass inside stitching whatever yeah it was weird so i couldn't bend at the waist because of all the scar tissue that had built up yeah and so i was barely able to walk for the next three weeks wow yeah so it took over a month of hospital and recovery just to walk again without assisting me and so from there i realized a lot of issues that came about or I, I'm not even came about. I just realized a lot of issues. Now learning about Dr. Sebi, it's like, oh, this is why my eyesight's going down to him. Oh, this is why I'm, I can't get it up. Oh, this yep. is why this and that, right? You start making all these realizations about your body, which you once ignored. And that's when I'm like, all right, I'm going on a mission to heal all this. Dr. Sebi style used to say. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> why do you think it's so hard for people to, to grasp the fact that they can heal themselves no matter what it is. Why is that? Because the, the um, two things. One, they love to take the power away from us. That's their favorite thing. Yep. If you take the father out the family, you take the power out away from the family. Mm. If you take, you know, this realization, if you take away the knowledge from them, you eliminate their power. They don't know who they are, right? So one way is they, they take away that power and the way that they do it is by creating a God complex for the doctors, for the medical association, a God <laughs> complex. They tell me what I do. I don't tell myself what they tell me. They do what they do with me. Yep. It's like, ah, so you just gave away all your power to some people that you don't really know. 
to the same people that imprison you are the same people that are trying to quote unquote save you. Ah, you think that's how that works, right? Uh, <laughs> but my doctor said this. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Uh, would you be seeing them if you didn't need it? Nah. Would you be exactly. getting paid? Nah. It's funny because oh. people say, oh, I came from the doctors. They said I'm perfectly healthy. As long as I keep taking my high blood pressure medication and my diabetes medication and this and that, <laughs> I'm good. I'm a clean bill of health. Like, listen to what you're saying right now. Like, you sound fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, but they love taking away the power away from us um so that's it's it's normal very very normal um just look at it i can't build a home right now i can't go to the park chop down a tree myself try to build a tree from that <clears throat> on that park Nah, there's no i have no power to do that so they say right so all the power has been stripped from us and the last ones that they do is that is that self-empowerment that was the last ones that they so that's the, the the main ones that they that they have to take away is that self empowerment because once you empower yourself you overpower them right once you find out who you really are you found out what your ancestors used to do you found out what abilities you have it's like what what do we need them for right yeah. so they do it to create this type of codependency on them um and you can see it all throughout of their society even the apps even Instagram TikTok Twitter all that type of stuff all of the all the things that they create, it's a it's to build this codependency on them, 100%. right? So the hospitals are like that. They they built it to where we have where we have a codependent relationship on them, and so when people step away, they're like, uh, I don't know what to do. They killed all the medicine men. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's gonna teach me. Okay, I'm just gonna run back to what I know. They killed all the medicine men. <laughs> uh, that's, that shit is mad true too. <laughs> There, I was think I was actually talking to someone about the whole Doctor Sebi Doctor Sebi situation. How, you know, he died in his jail cell, or some shit, or something, right, in another country or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he starved in a jail. Or yeah, died supposedly. Of the, yeah, yeah, which is all right. So your herbalism journey, you find mm -hmm. Doctor Sebi, Doctor Sebi, you find other herbalists and healers. Um, tell me about your herbalist journey and like your your self your self experimentation and the trials and errors that you faced throughout your learning process. Mm, the trials and tribulations. There were so many, bro. I've always been someone who's learned the hard way. I like learning <laughs> so, from experience, even if I yeah. knock my stuff on my ass. You know the what best, I mean? So, best way to learn, man. It's the best, best way to learn, uh -huh. bro. Yep for real and um i've always had that maybe because i never had a mentor i didn't pay attention to school everything was that hard way of learning i'm yep. just gonna get my hands dirty that's basically sure. it i'm yep. gonna find out a tiny bit that i need to know and i'm just jumping right in and so one of my favorite things to do when i first started this is how i first started so sabi would talk about different herbs and stuff like that i'm like that's cool that's cool okay uh, I have no idea what the fuck they are or how to get them. So I'm just going to start Googling stuff, right? And one of the favorite things, my favorite things that I would Google is, what did our ancestors use for this? And the answer is as clear as day. This is where they get you. Oh, but yeah, your ancestors may have used this plant to cure your cancer, impotence, all that type of stuff. But it hasn't been studied by modern science. So we do not recommend it. Oh, shit. they don't recommend it. I'm definitely not touching it. Right. 
that for me, I was always fuck the man. So I'm like, oh, y'all said that for sure. Let me try it out. Try. <laughs> go, go, go. Oh, that's right. It does work. And so that's that's how I started. Um, was going to Google and literally seeing, okay, what did my ancestors use for these ailments, these common ailments that I had? So one of my big ones was the impotence. Okay. And um turns out that one of the most common ones was nettle leaf and the prostate inflammation that I had. So I was like, huh, there's nettle leaf growing all around me in my yard. I'm just going to grab that shit and start boiling or how do I make a tea? Let me YouTube that. Okay, I'm going to do this. Boom. Drink, drink, drink. Stay consistent with it. Oh, wow. I feel so much better. This is crazy. And so then you start just getting a passion for it. Yep. So the passion for me um, is what started me. I feel like, yeah, I wanted to heal myself, but I was just so passionate about the plants because it's cool. You're telling me this random plane, you can pick it up and do this and it can do this. That's cool to me. And so I just went on a binge of watching documentaries, reading books, audiobooks, podcasts, um, finding literally anything, any type of information I can fill my head with um, on a specific herb or on any type of herb. And just buy it myself, buy a little ounce, maybe like two, three, four dollars and make it at home. So the trials and tribulations that I went through was a lot of wasted money from fucking things up, not preparing it the right way, letting it go bad, not storing it properly. Um, Having diarrhea because I took too much of this vomiting because I took too much of this, right? Lightheaded, boom, boom. I would go through all the motions, all the motions. And, um, you know, I prefer that instead of just reading about it. I could have spent three years reading about it. And then the next three years doing something about it. Or I could have spent the three years reading and doing something, doing something more than the reading and experiencing it so that the next three years I can teach people about it. Yep. That's how my mind worked. And so when I started herbalism, um, there was a couple of things that I told myself. One, that I'm not going to go seek certification for it. Okay. Because I don't think it should be a certified thing. I should... I think it should always be passed down because it's free knowledge. Yeah. Right. And um, each one teach one. That was my whole philosophy. And then two, I'm going to go to the people of color to learn something if I do want to learn something. And so I found a couple of healers in the Caribbean. Uh, Patrick Delves is one of them. God bless his soul. Still alive to this day in Grenada. And he teaches all of this about herbs and how to use them, how to mix them. I'm like, wow, I'm just mixing and matching all different types of stuff. I'm just doing whatever I can. And then I find another one. His name is Honorable Priest Kailash. And he's from St. Lucia. And he talks about the spiritual aspects of the plant. Hey, make sure you ask that plant for permission. Make sure you know that they have a body. They connect with you. Boom, 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 right? And so I start expanding my knowledge that way on, like, the mind, body, spirit, the emotional aspects of the plant. And, um... That's, that's that was just a passion that fueled all that, you know, being so amazed and so curious about all the different things that plants can do and all the different plants that there are in the world. You know, there's tens of thousands. Like I can never in my lifetime reach every single plant in the world, and that's the coolest thing for me. Uh, that's actually inspiring because I would love to like learn more about that and like that way of living. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. 
I'm vegan. I've been vegan for like five plus years, but you could be so many different types of vegans these days. So I'm not really going to like right. identify <laughs> that. But so you said, I read that your wife introduced you to uh, herbs initially, or were you already kind <laughs> of like herb curious? Yeah. So uh, my <laughs> wife, when I first met her, um, this was when I was still suffering from my problem before I went to the hospital. She put me onto a tea because I had, I think I had some like bloating in my stomach because I was eating some bullshit top ramen or whatever. And she was like, here, go buy this, this bag of tea, Moroccan mint. Um, and mint is amazing for digestion and bloating and things like that. And uh, I fell in love with it, bro. I was like, this is so good. I drank that. I, I drank way too much. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to say way too much because I'm still alive, but I drank, bro, I drank like a whole two liters a day. I would make tons of it. That's the only thing I would drink. I wouldn't even drink water. Unknowingly, I'm I'm actually like healing my gut up a lot. Um, but I'm like, man, I feel so good with this, you know, not knowing what it does, but her recommendation helped. And so from there, it, it I, I didn't dive into the herbs because there was no, at the time, I didn't realize there was no reason to really dive into them like that. I just thought it was cool that it tastes good and it, and it helped me, right? So I would only drink that one if I ever did drink tea. It wasn't until the hospital to where I'm like, oh, so these are actually something serious. Like you can actually uh, heal something with this. Oh, okay. And that's when the passion started after the hospital. But yeah, shout out to the queen. She definitely introduced me to the Moroccan mint, which I didn't, I thought it was legit a mint from Morocco. I didn't think it was a fucking blend of mint. So I didn't learn that for years later. <laughs> wait, so so what is it exactly? Is it's the tea, the, the Moroccan mint tea, or is it just Moroccan mint? So it's a Moroccan mint tea. You can find it at any store. And I would buy like this box that had the tea bags already in it. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking it's a mint tea from like Morocco. This is where the mint is from. But years later, I realized it's actually a Moroccan mint. It's a, a blend that people do of different mints. It was it was so funny when I came to that realization. But <laughs> um, talk talk about your daily routine, because so so okay. you healed you healed, you healed yourself through through herbs, and you you've been eating a lot of fruits, and obviously you post a lot of videos talking about eating mostly raw. So mm -hmm. are you considered uh fully raw? Are you plant-based mm. like like if you want to put a name to it what is yeah. it like um so i would consider myself plant-based okay um but when that first started after the hospital it took me about it took me about six months six or seven months to fully eliminate everything i started off with red meat that was the easiest one pork and and steak and all that heavy shit hamburgers all yeah. that type of stuff put it all away um because it just made me feel like shit anyways <laughs> so you know i started looking at things in my diet like what can i eliminate and what are some things that i'm like oh i just can't eliminate and that's okay you know on the start of your journey there's some things that yeah. you're just yeah it's a process for sure so chicken that's usually the one with most people it's like the most common one to go to chicken was for me and and like little like different fish gotcha. um when it was when it was presented to me so um after the hospital, about six or seven months, I was able to eliminate everything. Just go mushrooms, um, veggies, beans, rice, um, fruits, of course. Uh, but it wasn't until I would say the beginning of 20, just 2022. 
the very beginning of 2020 or the very like the end of 20 the end of 2020 2019 this is when i found um different books on fruits and like fasting and things like that i'm like that's interesting okay so i started doing a little intermittent fasting here and there where um, i wouldn't eat for a good part of the day i wouldn't have my first meal until like one um but still i'm not really diving fully deep into it i'm just experimenting in the world and it wasn't until early the beginning of 2020 when i told myself okay I found this one healer named Dr. Robert Morris, and he talks about uh, fruitarian lifestyle and only eating fruit and fruit this, fruit that, and it resonated with me so tough. I would always, I would always, um, it would always resonate with me whenever he said that humans are only supposed to eat fruits and things like that. And to some people, it's a little extreme, but to me, it was like, bro, I love fruit so much. It's literally candy. I can eat this all day. Oh my gosh, I'm in there. And uh, so my daily routine during during about eight months of 2020, that was nothing but fruit. I would eat one cooked meal a week. And that's because I would go visit the Queen's family and they're making the sopitas and, you know, I want to have a little soup. That's cool. All right. Uh, but other than that, all day, every day, I'm just eating as many fruits as I can possibly eat. As many fruits as my body tells me to eat. So there'd be days where I'm eating six mangoes. I'm eating like a whole pound of blueberries. I'm eating as much as I can. Nowadays, I don't need it. I don't need that much. But in the beginning, when I was transitioning, my body needed extra nutrients. So I was just binge eating all the fruits. And that wasn't really a problem for me. It actually made me feel good. It made me stay so awake. I would get like four hours of sleep a day and be so good. And so that was about eight months where I would fast at least twice a week. I would eat nothing but fruits, that one cooked meal in the middle of the week. And um, that was eight months, bro. Damn. Eight months of that. Yeah, and, and, and different, different times calls for, for your body will call for different fruits. So in the beginning, it was oranges, bro. I think I ate like, oh my God, a pound of oranges a day, a day, every single day. Um, sometimes I would eat nothing but oranges all day because they were, it, it was like ecstasies to me. It was insane yeah. because that's what my body, my liver specifically was craving. It's what it needed. So your body is going to give you that craving if you're listening to it, you know? And uh, yeah, it wasn't until about month three or four where I passed my parasites. Mm. That was a trip because when your body becomes that alkaline and I wasn't going on parasite cleanses, I wasn't, um, you know, really informed with the parasite cleanses at that time. I was more informed about herbs for like your kidneys or herbs for your prostate and herbs for your liver, some herbs for the gut, but nothing really, I didn't really know anything about parasites back then. Um, but I remember about four months into it of eating fruits nonstop. There was one week where I ate blueberries a pound a day. Those, those big cartons you see at the, at the store, I would destroy those a day and I bought that the end of that week, I was just in the bathroom, just dangerous. It's like I couldn't get up. I had drank this this one tea. I drank it too much. This was part of the debilitating experience. I drank senna tea, senna leaf. And you're only supposed to drink one cup every, I think maybe like once a week. I wouldn't recommend it more than once a week to anybody. I drank two cups in one night, in one day. 
Oh, yeah. So it got to a point where I was at the store. And um, I had already eaten a pound of blueberries that day. And the center leaf takes about 12 months, 12, 12, 8 to 12 hours to kick in. So I'm drinking the tea, thinking it's perfectly fine. About 8 to 12 hours later, I'm in the bathroom and I can't get up. I get up to walk and I have to run back. And I stay in there for about 30 minutes. And I look back and there's things moving. And I was like, what is that? I'm so confused. And it's just a bunch of like heads moving. Yeah. And I flushed it. I got so scared. Yeah. I was like, no, no, that didn't happen to me. No, I try to, yeah, become blind to it. I was like, no, 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 that didn't happen to me. It wasn't until months later where I realized I started learning more about parasites and, you know, things like that, how to get rid of them. So I realized I had parasites. I was like, whoa, I thought that was something that only dogs got or some shit. And you know what I mean? And um, so that beginning year of, of the end of 2019 and, and all of 2020, I was basically just fruit fasting, um, some veggies here and there, lots of juice, lots of juices, lots of coconut water. There would be, I think I went on like a, a five-day coconut water juice fast, fresh coconut water. I would break it in the morning, so I would just break it, you know, gulp it. Yeah, I just started experimenting because you just get so... One, you get addicted to just feeling that good, having that much clarity, having that much energy. You know, your skin is radiant when it never used to be before. You smell good. All these different types of things. It's like, wow, I just want to keep going. What else can I do? And you just experiment, you know, as the knowledge grows. And that's what I was doing um, all that year. So so where are you to this day? Are you like 95% fruits only? So, for example, it, it, it all, it's all what my body calls for. Okay. You know, at the time, my body was saying fruit fast <clears throat> for an extended period of time. Um, after a while, a couple things. One, society makes it really hard for that. You know, society in USA makes yeah. it hard to do just fruits, especially when everything is open late night. You can't get fruit late night. You can't do this, this, that, and the third. And, and, um, you know, especially if you're working on a budget, stuff like that. So um, during the time I was able to do it a little bit after I was done with the fruit fast, I'm like, I, I feel like I can actually eat and, and be good. And when I started to eat things like quinoa and things like they used to bloat me before everything was all good. I'm like, OK, I feel comfortable enough to introduce cooked foods. So now to, at this day, um, it literally uh, comes and goes is up and down. For example, yesterday. I had um, one cooked meal. Today, I haven't had anything but some grapes, some fruit juice, an orange, and one little slice of, uh, or one little crumb of uh, this gingerbread my wife brought home, this vegan gingerbread, gotcha. right? Just because I'm like, you know, that looks a little good. Let me keep. So it's like, now I'm not strict on myself. You know, um, but I do what my body calls for. Gotcha. I ate a little too much yesterday, so my body's like, don't really eat that much today. You know, and tomorrow, if it fluctuates, I'm, I'm just going with the flow at this point. But I'm able to listen to my body now, you know, after, um, after cleansing it for so long and strengthening it for so long, I'm able to tap in with it and really listen to it. Word, word. That's dope. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, a lot of people need to get up on that journey. But so Dr. Sabi. 
It's so, talking about pineapples and kiwis and them shits are like not legit. Like, what's your take? Go, on, yep. What's your here take on that? Because I love kiwis, man. Pineapples. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, and I love Dr. Sebi. God bless his soul. Um, although Dr. Sebi started my journey, um, he 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 jump started my journey for me. Um, I am not <clears> someone <throat> who preaches his word. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not someone who even uh, follows all of the recommendations that he has. Yeah. Um, because I've grown from from that knowledge that I've had years ago, right? And naturally, as we all should. And so for me, I was always an independent thinker. So I was always, I never had to, you know, like things like religion or things like just spreading one book or spreading one idea it never sat right with me. Because I always had my own independent thoughts and the way I move. Gotcha. So as years went by and as I started discovering, one, what the, the fruits were able to do to my body, um, the ones that he doesn't recommend, I started to realize, okay, maybe that's not exactly how everybody needs to move, basically. To not, you know, his guide, and not to put any shade on anything like that, but um, not everybody needs to move that way. Sure, you know, sure. and I started realizing that when I started um, feeling the effects from things that he would consider acidic, things that he would consider hybrid, things like that. Um, another thing is I came to the realization that men are gods on the earth. Okay, man and woman, but man as a human, you know, human, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we are gods on the earth. So we can mix, match, create everything we want. Our ancestors used to do that that tens of thousands of years ago there's hybridized fruits that we ne- we didn't do it in a laboratory our ancestors did that yep. corn just look at corn is a perfect example maize like actual maize from the mayans you see what i'm saying like they they did that the colonizer didn't do that maybe now this corn that you have now and some of the shit you see now but you know um maize itself the mayan did that Gotcha. Right. So they were able to do that in a in a way that it benefited the people. So I still believe that we are able to do that in a way that benefits the people and the land and everybody. Um, now what they doing with the whole genetically modified, they bring it into the laboratory and doing all this weird shit. That's a whole different ballgame. You know, that's a whole different uh, ballpark. But I believe that humans are able to mix things like that. I can go to my fruit trees in my backyard, take a flower here, take some pollen here, boom, boom, boom. I get a mix of a thing. You see what I'm saying? So I never really um, understood the whole hybrid talk. You know what I mean? Um, And in reality, if we're being really real, all the fruits that you see in the grocery stores, those are all hybrid. Every fruit that you probably know of, if you're not from, if you're in the U.S., almost every fruit you know of is all hybrids. Because it cannot be anything but because it won't be profitable. It won't grow in time. It won't grow big enough. It won't be as sweet. Things like that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like everything we know of, even all the ones that are on his list that you go pick at the store, those are all hybrids. And so it's like for me, the um, when I started understanding fruit and the way the body works and um, what the fruit contains, I started learning. It don't matter if it was grown here or there, or if it's a hybrid, this or that. 
it still has this type of chemical in there. It's still going to do this type of action in the body. It still has this type of mineral. It's still going to do this stuff. That's how I started thinking. And, um, and that's, that's what I preach from, you know, plants are plants regardless, unless they're GMO. Again, this is, that's a whole different ballpark. That's just a different game. right there. That's a whole different game. You know, like they genetically modifying shit. That's a whole different game, bro. But, um, if it's hybridized and it's non-GMO, then you're, it's, you're perfectly fine with it. Now, as far as removing the parasites, right? You have like detoxes and cleansings and stuff. Can you remove... Can you solely remove parasites by just drinking water and eating fruit? Or do you need like some herbs and stuff like that? Depends on the body. I'll say this. Depends on the body. So... You know? Yeah, I would say it depends on the body. Because we are at such a weakened state as a human. In my personal opinion, there are some people that are just their genes are so weak because they've been suffering for so long that there is now it's not not a diet alone. It's not going to do it. You know, you're going to suffer a lot before it gets better if you're going to do it, just diet. And that goes for a lot of people. That's why a lot of people, they do these fasting things or they'll just go to fruit and they're like, man, I went vegan and I'm tired. I went vegan and I'm I'm, you know, mal malabsorbed or mal, uh, malnourished. You know what I'm saying? Malnourished and, and things like that. I have to go back to this, and it's like your body is just not powered up to even process these fucking things, bro. Your body has to be at a certain level to process this high vibrational food. You know, and that's the sad reality. Now, I'm not saying if you're gonna eat a fruit, it's not gonna do nothing for you, but there are a lot of people that are so systemically malnourished systemically dehydrated and and their organs certain organs are weak to where they can't process it correctly so it irritates their gut or it does this and that this is where the herbs come in right to make sure you have a smoother experience that's why the people who are do our detox packages they have a even though i'm sending them on a 30-day uh uh, like diet transition they're not going to suffer from that vegan fatigue that everybody talks about. They're not going to be malnourished because we're taking care of the gut to make sure it's absorbing properly. We're taking care of your nervous system, your hormones to make sure you're using the nutrients properly. Right. So you can go after the body in these ways and, and support it with the herbs. So that you have a, a smoother experience, but I feel like um, there are a good amount of people who can, you know, just like myself, I wasn't really on too many heavy herbs for, um the gut and i wasn't on any parasitic herbs so but i was able to alkalize my body alkalize my gut and they didn't even want to be in there anymore yeah yeah i i, I mean that's something now i'm i i'm predominantly fruit i eat a lot of fruit throughout the day yeah. maybe like one cooked meal for dinner usually mm-hmm. i would like to uh do one of these detoxes for the month of january now out, out of your packages <clears throat> what would you recommend the sugar overload bundle sugar overload yeah because um the parasites are there for a reason yeah the parasites ain't gonna be there just because they got invited you know the parasites are there to eat right because if they don't have food there they're not gonna live there so um the thing is is we are creating this environment where we are giving them food to eat and a cozy place to stay because of the bacterium or the, the um, yeah, just the environment that we allowed in our gut for them to exist. 
So the sugar overload will go after um, the funguses or go after the parasites and any you know, that bacterial overload that you may have uh, with those antiparasitic, antimicrobe herbs. Um, but it's also going after a couple things like the lymphatic system and opening that pathway up to get things eliminated. And it's going after the gut with that, our gut cleanser that's kind of making room for things, right? Clearing out their food and making room for them to actually get eliminated. Um, and it also strengthens up the liver because your liver comes in contact with everything, everything and anything that comes into your body. And so um, all of our bundles, they have those types of intentions. They go after specific organs um, for that reason. So, yeah, we have a lot of bundles. We have about, I think, 10 bundles, you know, going after the most common ailments that you can think of, whether it be parasites or high blood pressure or diabetes and things like that i bet so so i appreciate that because you know i'm trying to be high vibrational too <laughs> for sure but, for sure and you already are the fact <clears throat> that you have a podcast like this i mean that's it's what the world needs we out here so working you, we out here working yes, for sure so let's just get to it life the plant way that's that's your company right yes um, sir talk about it you know what was the inspiration behind it behind the name behind the overall business the model all that good stuff. So it started when, during that time where I was fasting a lot and I was meditating a lot. And um, it, came, it came about at like two o'clock in the morning, bro. Oh yeah. Two, three in the morning. <laughs> I made the logo and the name the same, the same time. And some ganja might've been in there in the mix. You know what I'm saying? But um, definitely the high vibrational thoughts was coming in, you know? And uh it got to a point where I started TikTok, right? Let me break it down from this. It came about because a little bit before starting my TikTok, um, I realized that this is what I wanted to do. It's what I spent all my time researching, all these time making teas and giving them to my family and doing all this type of stuff to the point where I'm like, all right, I want to do something with this. I don't know what. But uh, at least let me start a social media. And what happened was, what happened, what happened was, um, I was already an entrepreneurial spirit, and um, I would spend that entire uh, first year of COVID thinking about entrepreneurial, you know, endeavors, thinking about how to. Um, you know, just basically grow my money up. And one of them was business. And I had tried and failed in so many businesses, but um, I didn't realize that you can start a herbal business until TikTok came around. So it was TikTok, like two o'clock TikTok. in the morning. Yeah, TikTok. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I always hated TikTok because I always thought it was uh, the kids app and everybody's just singing and doing dances. And um, it got to a point where it was like two o'clock in the morning and something in my head, life the plant way. I was like, huh, okay, life the plant way. And I'm, I'm, I'm basically like being channeled at this point. Like this is, I don't really remember too much of it. Just me being in my bed on my phone at two, three in the morning, making a logo that says life the plant way. I'm like, huh, okay. So I start the TikTok channel and um, I just start talking about plants. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Let me just talk about plants. COVID was deep into this thing. And so you know, I was like, okay, let me talk about uh, plants that can help with this. And then it just led to 
hey, guys, look at this. Look at this. Do you know this? Do you know this? And the passion took over. The curiosity took over. That childlike in me, you know, really took over. So I wanted to share everything I knew. You know, when kids just overshare, you know, my daddy said this this morning. He's like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, that was in me like, hey, did you know this? And people look at you like, uh, no, but now I do things. Sure. And um, it just so happened to be in a time where people are really waking up to natural remedies and to um, just nature and, and, you know, all things natural. Um, so when I started the, the TikTok, Life the Plant Way, it started off with just educational videos like that. It wasn't until about 20, 30 posts in to where I'm realizing, okay, people actually really like what I'm talking about. People, this is fun for me. And I'm growing a, a good following. I have a couple thousand followers already. Wow, this is actually pretty interesting. And um, I was doing Uber at the time. And I would legit stop before picking up people, I'll get that order, right? And I'll, and I'll accept it. And I'm going to pick them up and I see this cool ass plane on the side of the road. I'm hitting that U-turn real quick just to go talk about it. And I'm recording these videos and people will be like, hey, you here? Like, it's showing you stop. Where are you? <laughs> I, can't tell, I can't tell them I'm making a TikTok video. So it got to the point where after weeks of that and months of that, I'm like, man, this is, in fact, this is affecting my money. So if it's affecting my money because of how passionate I am, I better have it make money for me. Yeah, for sure. Facts. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yep, yep. You can't just stop all the money coming in for some videos. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> and so I remember my step pops. I was like, man, I really want to do this. I want to go out on the limb and I I want to um I want to make my own herbs. I want to make stuff. Because I was already making herbal tinctures for my fam and for myself. And that was something I love doing because tincture just is so fascinating to me. And um, my step pops was like, yo, just ask the people for help, bro. Like, put yourself out there yeah. and, and tell them this is what you want to do. You're trying to feed your family at the same time. Because I had my, my son um, already. He was already a year or some old. And... Um, I was like, all right, well, shit, what do I sell? Ebook. It's the first thing that popped into my head. Gather your knowledge, put it in an ebook, sell it for like $5 or whatever, and rack up some money. And it got to a point where I had got that stimmy. I got a stimmy check in the beginning of like 2021, I think it was. And um, I, I looked over at the queen and I said, babe, I'm about to spend this stimmy. And whatever I got from Uber, and I'm about to just make my own herbs and start selling them. I'm going all out. And uh, she's like, that's fine. I'm sure you're going to make the money if you fuck it up. You know what I mean? I ain't tripping. Just make sure you, you pay the rent. Like, if, other than that, I'm not tripping. And so I'm like, all right, cool. And so I did that, and, and I asked for support, and people were very, very supportive. Um, I ended up making not the, the most amount, but I made at least like $500 from that ebook. And that alone, I was like, okay, I can buy a little, I can buy some herbs, buy this and that with the STEMI, boom. And um, it started in that moment, in that moment of me telling her. And um, <laughs> it grew from my living room, a couple orders a week. I think the first day we had like 15 orders. I felt, I felt amazing. I felt popping. It was a beautiful feeling. And um it got to the point where I was getting at least like five, seven orders a week. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. 
And uh, it got to the point where I needed space because my son was there and he's messing up the boxes and I'm doing it in the living room and stuff like that. And um, I'm really grinding it out. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, nah, man, I can't be at home with this. I got to take this somewhere else. And so I got this little storage space. So funny. No light in there, no air conditioning in there, no electricity. You pull up to the storage space and, you know, it's probably like the size of my room. Damn. Perfect enough space for me to do something right. Put up a little table, put up a little you know, racks that I found on sale. And uh, if I needed light, I would pull up my car to where I'm facing my my shit. And I'll just put on my headlights. And that's my light. That's and uh, <laughs> That's called passion right there. That's passion, bro. I didn't have no electrical outlets. How am I going to print orders? Okay, I'm going to go to my back. I'm going to get the battery. I'm going to get something from AutoZone. And it's going to turn that battery into an electrical outlet. And I'm going to plug that out. I'm going to plug the printer. And I'm going to print it right from my battery, my car battery. So my car was like my moving, my moving everything, my moving generator, my my office, you know. So I really utilized that in this little storage space. And um, from there, the passion, you know, the passion just, just kept it growing. For the first year, I think we made, I mean, it was enough for me to not have to work Uber. I was able to quit Uber within the, the first like three months of doing it. That was quick. And um, granted, I struggled. Um, but for me, it's like, if I don't like doing something, I do not do it. And that's just my human design. If I don't like it, I will not do it. And I had that as a kid and I used to think it was a problem. Why aren't you doing your homework? I don't want to do that shit. That's just not fun for me. You know? And if it's not fun for me, I'm not doing it. And so with the Uber thing, even though I was making just enough money to where I'm paying everything and I'm broke at the end of the month, I'm so cool with that. Cause I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And so, um, you know, it was a lot of sleepless nights, you know, I spent all hours of the day, boxing, learning, reading, um, um, answering emails. Cause I used to have my emails open and respond to every single one. Mind you, I already had like 10, 20,000 followers at that point. So you can just imagine the emails that come through. I'm taking phone calls. I'm replying to every comment on every single video, even if it went viral. I don't care if it's one, two, 300 comments. I'm commenting everything. Like I was just pouring my everything into it, bro. And it really watered that seed to the point where, um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to have a family that supported me during those times because it was very easy for my wife to become resentful for my kids to become resentful, right? Of, man, he's not spending time with us. Man, he's always tired. He's going to sleep late, blah, blah, blah. He's always wanting to go to his little storage, right? Um, but they stuck it, they stuck it, they stuck with uh, stuck with me through the entire thing. And um, it made me, in, in, the, in the first year, we were able to gain like at least 70,000 in revenue for our, our first year business and take profit it was just like what this little hispanic boy from where did what it was just crazy to me and so we're in our second we're wrapping up our second uh full year and um you know i was able to hire my sister-in-law i was able to to move up to actual warehouse you know um have a whole operation going 
I'm, I employed a couple people throughout the year. Um, we just reached 400 K in revenue in December, you know, so we were up 300 something percent. Thank you. And it was all just for me spreading my passion, you know, and, uh, coupled with the fact that everybody is, is running away from the doctors now, but. Yo, a lot of people are waking up to the, the bullshit that's out there, you know, and obviously without, without struggle, there's no success, right? There's no success without struggle, right? You had that, you had that solid support system. You had your passion, the sleepless nights, the grind, hard work pays off. And I'm glad to see that you're in a warehouse space now. Who knows where you'll be next year? Maybe you'll have an even bigger warehouse. Maybe you'll have another Thanks. location, maybe one on the East Coast. <laughs> Facts, facts, facts. Want, I mean, want. we're we're getting into stores now. So right now we're in uh, we're in two stores. We're in two stores. Um, about stores? to be well, we're in we're in three stores. I'm sorry, we're in three stores. So one of them is in a place called Shafter, California. Um, that that one is called I can't even remember what it was called. Um, <laughs> um, it's like natural natural um, herbs and and, and vitamins. Um, that's in, in Shafter, California. There's also another place in, in, uh, what was it? In San Pedro, California. That one's called Nuda Juice Shop. That's another place we're in. And then we're in Sherman Oaks, um, in a place called Local Co-op and that they host a bunch of, a bunch of local uh, businesses and stuff. So we're, we're opening now to, to getting more wholesales in, we're shipping all over the world. We're in dozens of countries all over the world now. And um, yeah, it's grown way bigger, way quicker than I could ever imagine. I love to see that growth, man. Now, outside of your products and this business, you also do consultations. Mm. So, so what is, how does that work as far as like consulting someone into, I guess, them changing their lives? The, the one thing that I make it clear is that I'm not a coach. I'm not going to be on your ass every day. Yep. You know, I'm not going to be, you know, constantly reminding you to take your herbs, take your this, right? So um, that's the, the very first thing I let people know when they <clears throat> sign up for the consultation. What I do is, is educate you and empower you on how you can change your life or change the condition that you're in. So I'll give you the education on what organs are at play because they'll come with me with a medical name and they're confused on what the fuck it is. Something, something ism, something, something itis. And um, I'm like, all right, let me break it down to you. Okay. These are the organs that are related and this is what it's causing in your body. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do feel like that. Oh, that makes so much sense. And I connect dots for them, you know, and we talk about the physical, the mental and the emotional side. So I'm like, OK, do you have any repressed voice in your family, voices in your family? Do you have any? Um, uh, were you ever be beaten? Were you ever this and that? We start talking about kind of like that whole range of mind, body, spirit and um really figure out what's wrong with them and how to attack. And so that's what, uh, that's what happens in my consultations, like what approach to go to, um, you know, with what they're dealing with. I opened up the consultations. Uh, it was about 
the end of 2021, I opened up the consultations. And it took me a while to do that um, because I always had this, I had to heal that, that money trauma that I had. And a lot of us have that money trauma, especially communities of color. Ooh-wee. A lot. They have that money trauma where they can't hold a certain amount without spending it. They can't even imagine a certain amount for themselves. Um, they feel bad for, for charging people and things like that. Um, especially in the spiritual community and the, in the health community and the wellness community. Oh, I don't want to charge for my things. It's supposed to be free and things like that. It's like, nah, bro, we got to feed our families. We got to eat, you know? So it took me a while to realize the, the, the worth, the value of my time and my attention. And so for the first year of my business, I gave away all my time and attention, drained myself, replying to every email, every comment, every call, and, um, you know, it took me a while to realize the, the value of my, of my time. So that's why I started opening up the consultations. I started limiting my, uh, you know, how accessible I was, um, to the people who truly, truly, if you pay for it, you're going to do it for the most part, you know? Um, and even if you don't do it, it's going to be a lesson learned for you. But if you just ask for it and you receive something with no type of, you didn't put no type of investment into it whether it be money or anything else, it's not going to hit as hard. You know what I mean? So there'll be countless emails, countless comments, countless messages where I go through a whole thing and nobody does it. Right? I'm like, damn, this is kind of draining, bro. I'm going to people who don't really, they just want to hear something cool. I'm not telling them what they want to hear and they just did. You know, so... um. You know, it took me a while to, to get to consultations, uh, to be comfortable with with uh, charging people for my time until I realized how valuable it was. Um, now we're now we're doing, um, you know, I have a whole academy now. You know, that's that's yeah, really what I'm pushing is the academy now. That's so, so explain the, the academy That's basically having people pretty much learn what you've learned. And they could just pretty much do it themselves or if yes, it's sir. just for people who want to be healers and herbalists. Yes, sir. Both, so yeah. it's both because you have to heal yourself in order to heal other people. For sure. Right. For sure. So my, the, the, <clears throat> the school that we opened up, it's called life in nature Academy. And what it was, was basically how I envisioned school being right. Very accessible. Um, very move at your own pace type approach. That's one thing that we do in life and nature. So you can't go on to the next lesson until you finish that monthly quiz, but you don't have no time limit to finish that monthly quiz, right? You do it on your own time when you understand it, right? Um, and that was one thing that I really hated about school was it was like, if you didn't keep up, you're left behind. And I was always left behind. And so I started envisioning schooling in the future, what would school be like? One school would be more of a community to me. It wouldn't be no fights. It wouldn't be no group snickering about nobody else. Like this is how I started envisioning school. And so um, when it comes to this schooling, I realized, okay, I have a lot of knowledge to share. And I have a vision about how schooling should be. So let me do it. And so when Life and Nature, Life and Nature came about, um, it's for people who want to heal themselves and who want to use that knowledge to pass it on. 
So they don't have to necessarily become healers of the world and start their own life the plain way, but they have enough knowledge to heal themselves and then they'll have knowledge to pass it on. Each one teach one, you know? So that was, that's, that's definitely the whole plan is for themselves. And also down, you know, when they do it themselves, each one teach one, go spread what you know. Um, it is a certified. So every year there'll be a certification because every year there'll be something different. We broke it up into, um, we broke it up into different parts of the body every month. So for example, the first month we talk about the org, the intestines, we go from the bottom up instead of the top down modern, modern uh, medical thinking. They love to focus on the brain and go down from there. From us, we're doing everything opposite, we're going to the intestines, the start of it all. And we're going up. So it, um, every week it's uh, a lesson is it comes out and it's broken down by the anatomy of it by the physiology of it or the structure and the function of it. And then the third week, we talk about the emotions and the, and the spiritual aspect of it, of the intestines, right? And talk about all the fear that's held and stuff. Um, and then on the fourth week, we talk about the herbs and the, and the exercises and the therapies to now go after those organs. So now if somebody has those problems, they can go after it themselves, right? And then in turn in the future, help others. So every month is broken down by a different set of organs. But the way that it's um, set up is there's two live calls a month, one with a guest bringing in a whole different perspective, bringing in all their wisdom and all their knowledge. Um, and then at the end of the month, it's a recap with me and a live call with me. So we have a big community call to kind of recap everything and make sure everybody's up to speed and kind of keep that morale up and stuff. Um, but yeah, every month we have a guest call and I'm really excited about those. The first month we had um, somebody who owns a colonics clinic talking about the intestines, the, who better can you think of? You know what I mean? So sharing things that I didn't share. So it's beautiful and it's going to expand so much more than that. We're going to have fitness classes and we're going to have financial literacy classes and all these different types of things. But, you know, we just opened up a month ago and uh, it's been beautiful since. Yeah. Health is wealth, man. All that shit is connected, man. Um, yes, sir. What was the inspiration behind just starting the academy? Just like one of the things that I was healing this year was stepping into my greatness. That was one of the biggest things this year, stepping into my greatness and, and, and putting myself as an authority in this field, you know, as that thought leader, as that revolutionary in this field. And, um, paired with my, my vision for schooling in the future. Cause I have a son who's getting ready to go to school in the next couple of years. And so that's one thing that's heavy on my mind is how are people going to educate their children? How are people going to educate themselves? It cannot be like the system that we have now. So I would always think about school, 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 until I realized like, wait, I have the resources, I have the community, I have the knowledge to put together my own school. And um, I ran away from it for a little bit because again, I wasn't fully stepping into my power. I didn't realize the power of my voice I didn't realize the power of my my wisdom that I had um, until I until I hired a coach and we've been working together all year and it's been yeah it's been gold and on a financial point I always wanted something that's 
um, on a business standpoint to, you know, I always wanted something that was a, a membership, like a reoccurring thing. You know, that's kind of like the way the world is, is revolving now. Everything's like a reoccurring membership. Yeah, that's dope. Um, yeah. So my boys <laughs> would always tell me like, yo, you need to hop on that. Stop working so hard. And get something, you know what I mean? Like stop working so hard and just sit back and let it, let it come monthly like that. And so combination of things led to life and nature. Let it work for you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so schooling. So you, your kids, you got two kids. Are you going to put them in conventional education or are you going to? That's, that's, that's a, a tough one, one, man. Yeah, man. It's a, a big one, bro. Because daughter, my, my, what's up? What's up with your daughter? You know, my daughter's 18 months. My goal is to do the homeschool thing. You know, that's my goal. Yeah. Mm, so, man, I mean, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> my um here's the thing my oldest is three and a half he's about to turn four and um my youngest is about 16 months yeah so um luckily my wife has already that rebellious spirit just like me and so from the jump we already knew vaccines weren't the you know i'm I hate to say that word on here, and <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, my, daughter, again, my, but... my daughter has no needles in her, bro. Trust me, we can. Yeah, we on the same yeah, page. So, we could talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, from the jump, we already knew that was what's not going to happen. Yeah. And um, sadly, out in California, I'm sure it's the same in New York. It's mandatory; you can't get around it unless school you go yeah. to like a private school or a home school or something outside of the conventional way. Yeah. So, from the jump we already knew we weren't going the conventional way. We don't know how we're going to do it still. You know, I would love to build my own school that's coming in like within the next 10 years, not to put a date on it, but yeah, I would yeah. say within the next 10 years. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, we're definitely not going the conventional route one because legally we can't do it. <laughs> um, and we're not going to do it right. And that way. And two, um, I just know, one, there's too many kids per classroom. My wife personal is a opinion. teacher. Trust me, I know. Woo! <laughs> she goes there's through too, it. Oh, man, she's going through it then. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work at a bank years ago, a credit union, I should say, for specifically teachers only. Mm. So I know how much is in their bank account. I know how much they're getting paid. I know how much they struggle. I know how much they stress. You know, that I know how much know. they invest their own money. I know all that. Yep, so I'm yep. like, wow. So they underpay you and they don't respect you. Oh, that's dangerous. Underpaid, overworked. Yeah. There you go. Yep. And so I, I realize how dangerous that combo is because then you start getting the teachers that don't care. You start getting the teachers that project onto their kids. For sure. You start getting teachers that, that, you know what I'm saying? Don't want to go any extra mile. Don't want to play parent, things like this. And, it's just a, it's just a catalyst for self-destruction. That's what I realized about school, public, the conventional public school that we have in the USA today. And um, me and my and, and the queen, we both suffered lots of trauma in, during our school time. So I was like, do we really want that for our kids? We know exactly. And we're in I mean, luckily, we're in a comfortable part of town. But for the most part, ain't really no schools around here that ain't going to be shot up gang this that and the third right and we don't want our kids through that just to learn what columbus went to what 
<laughs> Come on, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, hundred percent agree, man. I agree, hundred percent. Um, so we're we're probably looking into some type of charter school, some type of homeschool. What I really want to do, and I never really told this to anybody other than the queen, but what I really want to do is be able to set up a company where it's like a homeschooling, but a group homeschooling thing. You know, it's where they can meet up at a common place. Every All the kids that are homeschooled that don't want to just stay home online or don't want to stay home by themselves and their parents have a place where we can infrastructure so we can set up group things and hire certain teachers and, you know, things like that. Do field trips and stuff like that. Because um, the one thing about homeschooling that they talk about all the time is, oh, friends, oh, interaction, oh, things like that. And I'm like, why does it have to be one or the other? You know? Um, so by the time my son is, is of age, we're pushing it back as much as possible. <laughs> we're going to that last year. Uh, we're going to travel. And so he can see the world. Yep. He can see different perspectives, right? He can see different everything. And, uh, by the time he is in that schooling thing, regardless of what he does, he's going to be all right. Hell yeah. Man, that's, that's a, that's a, that can go deep. Yo, that, that, could go real, that could go real deep. I think the best way for a kid to learn is in nature, obviously, weather, weather permitting, but just in nature and all that shit and just being expanding their mind, but not just being in this fixed system where it's right. like the history that they want to teach you, uh, the, the science and the social studies and all that other bullshit that you don't, you really don't even need for the most There's part. There's no wisdom. But, yeah. There's no wisdom in but, it. But, um, so they allow these kids to run around, right? Yeah. Their their parents aren't teaching them any wisdom. The teachers aren't teaching them any wisdom. So whatever they're doing, they think it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I see it at the sure, playground sure. all the time. Yeah. And I'm with my son, not always on his ass. I'm a couple feet away just to observe. <clears throat> it's talking crazy. Kids are what do you mean killing this? What do you mean doing this? Like, where are your parents at? Who taught you, know, you, you that? You got the parents. You got the social medias. You got TV. This time. all that shit now, which is unfortunate. But like you said, this could go deeper. We, we're going to get that deep into that rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. I hope you do find your decision. And I hope it definitely is the right one. And it works out for you as far as, you know, Thank school, you, schooling your kids. Um, I got a couple more things. Uh, I watched a little short documentary you had, uh, Man on a Mission, uh, which was actually mm. pretty interesting. I wish... There was something like I'm sure there's something over here that I can attend like that, but was that you're putting together or because I know some of the people like the Ra of Earth guy on the stage. Uh, I mm. like how you did the feminine energy with the female panel, and you did the masculine. I thought that was dope. So tell me a little bit about that. Oh man, I'm glad you asked about that. Uh, that was. Man, how did that come about, bro? So in the <laughs> so much of what I do is spontaneous. And um, just from that gut feeling I get and I just dive right into it, right? That, that sometimes I don't really slow down and appreciate what just happened. Um, I kind of just go through it. That's one thing I've been healing as well. But uh, this one came about because at the end of 2021, I have this little social media following. I got whatever the business popping, whatever, whatever's going on. But at the end of the day, I'm looking around. It's like, I don't really have more than like three people I can really call and come over and be chill with. All right. That I would want to invite in my home. So I don't really have a community at all. 
especially with this COVID stuff. Everybody was in isolation. I didn't want to see people. I didn't want to go outside. I'm just chilling inside. And so, you know, the end of 2021, I was like, you know what? My word, my theme for 2022 is going to be community. I don't know what it meant when I said it, but I said, I want to build community. I, I, I feel isolated and I don't like it. I know many people did too. And I think it came about two months prior to when it actually came out. It was around my birthday time when it, when it happened. Uh, about two months prior, I was like, you know what? I want to throw an event. I want to throw something. I want to have people. I want to host people. I love hosting people. And uh, the last time I did an event, I was a photographer. And it was back when my son was born, back in 2019. And um, it was probably like 15 people there. But it was the vibe was just beautiful. I, I love when people come together for one purpose. When people yeah. are passionate about one thing. That's why concerts are some of the best uh, environments you can go to. You know, um, and so it, it got to a point where I was like, you know, I need to, I need to do something to host people. And mind you, again, this is I like two, three in the morning, those damn witchy hours, you know, man. And uh, were you just making? I'm not gonna say irrational decisions, but you probably wouldn't been thinking in the in the daytime. <laughs> but uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna stop saying it. I'm just gonna do something. That what I can do is force myself to make this event happen. I have to buy a space right now. And so I just looked online. Let me rent out an event space. And I found this beautiful place that had like an indoor uh, a forest. It had like an indoor waterfall. And it was like their whole theme was uh, like a jungle away from in the city. But you're escaping the city. You know what I mean? And I was like, bro, that's literally like that's right up life to Plainways Alley. And so I rented it out. I had no information on it, bro. And I was like, I'm just going to rent it out or whatever. For the down payment, I'm like, fuck, now I got to think of something. <laughs> you you already so, laid the foundation. So there, you there was no excuses. There's no excuses. And I knew yeah. from there, universe was going to kind of lead my, you know, That's lead it. the path. You know, you, you laid the foundation. The universe is going to work in your yes, favor. Sir. Always, man. And, uh, how it came about, man. <laughs> I wish I really, I, I wish I really remembered everything. It, it was just so a lot fast, of meditating. Yeah. It happened so fast, yeah. bro. And um, I kind of wish I documented it more. But I started working with. Uh, I started searching. I saw. I was like, I need a DJ. Um, I know a couple people personally that I can reach out to. What am I going to have? Ooh, panels. That sounds cool. Panels. I was looking around at um, at different events that were similar. Um, obviously not the same, but kind of like of the going to the same people, health and wellness. And I was like, ooh, okay, speaking. I like that. We're going to have some panels. And um, I was like, ooh, food. We got to have good-ass food. Right, let me get some nice plant-based food. Um, and then it started expanding from there and a DJ and this and that. And um, I started working with this one, um, with this one woman, her name is Muse on Instagram. Her name is Destiny the Muse and uh, Muse, she was uh, the co-host. She was the host to the whole thing. And she was there step by step and kind of growing this whole thing, helping me get people for the panels. Um, I'm just doing research on social media, like, okay, who seems like they know what the fuck they're talking about. 
and matches the vibe, you know, and that's when I found Raw and a couple other people that I knew. And, um, yeah, bro, it, it just went by so fast. Next time I need to slow down and really appreciate like every single step um, because you get in this mode where you just want to finish the goals. You have to finish, you have deadlines and stuff, you know, and um, you zoom right through it and you don't appreciate all those flowers that you just passed. And um, it wasn't until the, to the very end where I was able to sit down after the whole space was clean up and breathe and be like, wow, I actually did, did something pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's dope. I hope I hope you definitely bring bring uh do another one, you know. Yeah, that most definitely. Sound, I wanted sound. to bring the community together. That's really what it was. Which is have what a, you did. a safe space. Yeah, exactly. Have a safe space where people can educate themselves. I'm always about the education, but also entertain themselves, meet other people. Um, you know, just have that that create that catalyst for relationships. You know, to to form. So many people feel like, especially on the on the health and wellness on the spiritual journey. Um, a lot of people of color, they're usually like the black sheeps of their family. Don't nobody really like to talk to them like that. And so they don't really know that many people they can talk to about shit that we talk about. Right. And right. so that's one thing that, that really inspired. And now that I think about it. That's me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, like, I'm man. basically that guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> my mother got fucking all these underlying health issues. I've been trying to help on my father. I have all these people. I'm like, come on, man. Like, gotta learn as you can man but it's tough but yeah that's 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 what's up i'll be looking forward to your next uh your next uh, event you know what i'm saying yes sir we're um, trying to take it worldwide we're trying to take it worldwide. Yeah. Every major city. That's, that's the goal go big or go home right yes sir so i meant to ask you this earlier because a lot of people you know are really into fasting and you have posted a video a reel about transitioning a lot of people aren't doing it right so just explain that real quick about just transitioning to like juice fast, fruit, water fast, educate the people. Um, you know, so when I first started fasting, um, one book that I looked up was, it's called Dr. Dr. Arnold Eretz uh, Fasting or some shit like that. Um, it was this, this European dude back in the early 1900s who had cured a bunch of things with fasting. And now he would go on, I mean, he would go on some weird types of fast, like bread only, potato only, like some weird type of shit. Um, but he healed a lot of people. And pairing that with the knowledge that I got of the body, when I started learning more about the body and how it works, and I started learning about the fruits and the herbs, pairing that knowledge of how to fast properly and what happens if you go into it with these types of foods, what happens if you leave it with these types of foods, I started pairing everything correctly and realizing there's a, a proper way to do it. So um, when it comes to fasting, the best way to do it is with fruits. Um, that is the gentlest, simplest fast that you can possibly do. It's just fruit fast, nothing but fruits. Um, the fruits bring in all that fiber that you might have been missing and it hydrates you. Um, on your cellular level, it's not just water where, you know, your lips are a little chapped, you drink water, you're good for the next 30 minutes, you got to drink more water type shit. No, this this hydrates you on a deeper, deeper level. And so um, I realized that when people would go into fasts and they would just have cooked foods one day and start trying to juice fast the next day or water fast the next day, um, they were deeply and severely dehydrated from the inside. 
they would get migraines, they would get fatigue, they would get the shakes, they would get colds, flus, and all that type of stuff instantly. And um, I started to realize why that problem was occurring. And so um, when it came to fasting and transitioning into a proper fast, I made it a thing to where I only recommended at least three days of fruit to prep your system. And then you can go on the juice fast. I don't actually recommend personally water fasts. Um, the only time I ever do recommend a water fast is if you're really clean, you've been eating good for like the past five, 10 years, you already know what fasting is, right? Um, because the water that we have, unless you're in the middle of the Amazon forest and you're next to a spring or some shit, then the water that we have in the USA is all stripped water. Trash. It's all, you know, it's trash, essentially, not to disrespect the water, but you know, what they did to it was just strip it of all its real nutrients. Mm -hmm. So if you're only drinking water and you're only drinking H2O and you're not getting the nutrients, then your body's not satisfied from it. You're not actually quenching your, your thirst. Um, and so that just leads to a bunch of problems because without that fluidity in your body, without all that hydration, shit ain't moving, you know, things are becoming stagnant. So, um, you know, I came to that conclusion after having some debilitating fasting experiences, you know, where I would eat cooked or something. I'm like, babe, it's all right. I'm going on a fast tomorrow. Let me get this little dinner. You know, I'll start juice fasting day two or three and I'm just, I'm wobbly. Yeah. You know, day one, I feel great. This is cool. And then day two or three, when things actually start moving, you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a little lightheaded. I can't really move. I'm fatigued. My muscles ain't like this. You should be able to walk in do everything you want to do, um, even on a fruit fast or, or even on a juice fast, I mean. Um, so if you're feeling like weak in these types of things, which I did, that means you went into it improperly, you know. Um, and another thing that people have to realize is that the juice doesn't have um, that insoluble fiber. The juice doesn't have that, 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 that bulk, right? So if you have a lot of garbage in you and you don't have anything – of bulk, anything of, of soluble fiber that Push goes through and moves things, pushes things out. Now you're just moving toxins without having anywhere for it to actually go. Right. The toxic substances are still right there. And so it's important for people to realize like one, get your proper fiber in before you go on just a no fiber diet or no fiber fast, which is juice or fruit or a juice or a water fast. Have that proper uh, fiber and then have that proper hydration, which means that don't eat cooked foods at least a day or two or three before your juice fast. You know, leave that cooked food out. And um, so it won't dehydrate your gut and just leave you feeling all types of ways. Makes sense. Can can you drink smoothies during a fruit fast or just straight fruit? The smoothies, um, I actually personally don't recommend smoothies. Okay. And that is because... It's too much fiber at once for the body. Gotcha. So a lot of people become bloated after smoothies. It just sits in their stomach. They feel kind of heavy. Their stomach is just full all the time. Um, and that's because it's, it's too much fiber for the, for the average human to... It's like you put seven bananas in that smoothie. Are you going to eat seven bananas right now? Nah. You're going to eat one. You're going to chew it up, chew it up. It's going to take you a little bit to eat. And then you're going to eat the next one. You know what I mean? So to drink seven bananas worth of fiber in a minute 
it's just going to be overloaded on your body. A lot of people have sluggish digestive systems, so they can't process that much. Gotcha. So for to keep it safe, I actually don't recommend smoothies personally. Like me, I, I never recommend a smoothie to people. Okay. Um, now, when it comes to like kids, you know, sometimes that's what they that's all they want. Sometimes that's that's their shit. So it's cool. But as an adult, um, I wouldn't recommend it. Makes sense. That's good to know. Noted. For sure. Yes, sir. I got one last question for you. What is the difference, if there is one, between a cleanse and a detox? Mm. Um, there actually isn't a difference, there isn't. in my opinion. Oh, okay. There isn't a difference. Because when you're cleansing, you're detoxing. <clears throat> and um, naturally, the body detoxes and cleanses on its own. So that's how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be to where we're not doing, we're not having to follow this diet or having to go buy this bundle or having to do this, that, and the third. Our bodies naturally eliminate um, what it doesn't want, what harms it. Problem is we have weak eliminative organs, things like that. But when it comes to cleansing and detoxing, it's the, it's the same thing. When you're detoxing, you're cleansing your system out. You know, to cleanse your system out, you have to eliminate or detox things out. Um, so, it, so it's the same, I guess just this different terminology that people use, gotcha. um, but it's the same thing to okay. cleanse the body, you know, hydrate it, alkalize it from the inside out and then eliminate what, what the old is. Remove that trash, remove those parasites, get all that shit out your body, live a life full same. of vibration and optimization. Right. I love that. I yo, love that. Joseph, yo, Joseph, man, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Now, tell everybody where they can find your products, your Instagram, your TikTok, your academy, your consultations, everything. <laughs> Man, all right. Um, so, all again, <laughs> all right, it's a lot. Now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, it's across the board. Um, yeah. You know, to, to, to see our educational content in Life the Plant Way, that's going to be Life the Plant <clears throat> Way across all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That's Life the Plant Way. And so lifetheplainway.com is where we have all of our herbs, all of our detox bundles, um, and some ebooks. That's where you can find that. Now, the um, personal consultations for me and my time, that's going to be josephoctaviani.com. Okay, so my first name, last name.com, you'll learn more about my story. You'll learn about what, you know, will be included in the consultation. Um and, and all that to book me and all that. Um, now to learn more about the Academy, that's going to be life in nature dot info. Okay. Life in nature dot info. And, um, you'll also get updates on it when you sign up for the newsletter, um, for life, the plain way or life in nature. Word, word. I appreciate all of that. Um, I'm gonna leave all that in the show notes for people who can't keep up with all that. You got so much going on, man, but Yes, Thanks again, man. I learned a lot through this conversation and I really appreciate this uh, conversation. I appreciate your time. Of course, um, Anthony. Thank I you. I can't wait to see you doing bigger things. I can't wait to see your products in the stores on the East Coast. Um, I'll definitely be first in line supporting you and just watching your business grow. I appreciate you, bro. Yo. And I hope we can have another conversation in the, in, in the near future, too. You know what? I love that. Where you at? You're in Northern Cal, South, South SoCal. South. All right, but. So I, I I go down there from time to time. So I would definitely we'll reach out. Up. We can have a, we don't have, we can, you know, just a face to face and some more knowledge and building. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I Peace, appreciate brother. you, man. Congratulations on the family and everything. Thank you. You as well, man. You as well. Thank you. Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate it, brother. Peace. Peace. Hey, yo. So that was my conversation with Joseph Octaviani, founder of Life the Plant Way. Huge shout out and thank you to Joseph for jumping on the pod. I really do appreciate it. I learned so much and I'm sure you, my listeners, learned a whole lot as well. I'm sure you're inspired to heal yourself, maybe even heal others. And if you want to give him a follow on social media, you can find him on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Life the Plant Way. If you're interested in buying any herbs, bundles, his ebooks, lifetheplantway.com. If you want that one-on-one consultation with Joseph, and I highly recommend that, you go to josephoctaviani.com. And if you're interested in the academy, Life in Nature Academy, that is, you go to lifeinnature.info. Get yourself educated on healing self. His documentary, Man on a Mission. You can find that on YouTube. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes as well. As far as I go, you know where to find me. That will be on Instagram at Keep the Vision Podcast. If you, if you want to shoot me an email, that will be Keep the Vision Podcast at gmail.com. I really thank you for listening to this episode. I will see you next time. You are loved. You are blessed. You are a visionary. Peace, y'all.